feeling like everything is falling apart around you is one of the ways we find ourselves feeling hopeless. When things are turning out as we envisioned, when we're hit with struggle or our resources seemed tapped out, hopelessness is often the result for many of us. The truth is our hopelessness is often the result of misplaced hope. Like the woman with the blood issue, she has suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and has spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And in that, she grew hopeless. Luke 8, 43-48 In our modern world, God often works through doctors and medicine. And that's a good thing. But our hope should not be in the vessel through which God is working, but in God himself. Anything and anyone, anyone else, it will eventually fail or disappoint us. If our hope is in that which is fallible, we set ourselves up for hopelessness. But if we cling to the source of our hope, Christ himself, that we can weather the storms in greater boldness and surety of our future. When you're hit in the pit, I'm sorry, when you're in the pit, it can be hard to see how God will bring you out. But just like the woman in Luke, who reached out to touch Christ and restore her hope, we can reach out too. What's more, we just don't get a temporary brush of his cloak. We get the fullness of his spirit every day. But those who grew, I mean, for those who hoped in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isaiah 40, 31. I will put my hope in the Lord and keep my eyes fixed on him. Dear God, thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you that even though I feel like I am in a pit, you have assured me that you will never leave me. Help me take my eyes off the temporal sources of hope and keep my gaze fixed on you. My eternal source of hope. I may not know my, how my situation will change, but I choose to believe your promise to give me strength and hope through, through it all. Thank you for your ever-present help in Jesus' name. Amen. Why would you ever complain, O Jacob? Or whine, Israel saying, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God's last. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to catch his breath. He knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their primes double and fall. But those who wait upon God get, get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag around. That is Isaiah 27 through 31. 
I got to read something again that really irritates me. And the Bible even proves that this is a proven fact. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. That right there is a constant reminder that in all lost, young folk may have all the energy in the world, but when it comes down to it, they still get tired mentally and physically. And that proves this right here. It kills me when people come up to a younger person and be like, oh, you ain't tired. This is nothing. What the fuck do you know? Just because you had a knack of energy when you was younger in my age, that don't mean that it's the same way now. Man, physical labor has gotten more serious in your time and before and in my time. Are you sitting there fucking telling me that this is nothing? Please. Come on with it. Come on with it. Yeah. Older adults don't understand that younger generations get just as much as tired from working, going to school, rather if it's physical, rather if it's mental. They don't understand that. That is, they're tired. Point blank, period. They're energized, but they're tired. They could be tired mentally, they could be tired physically. That just kills me. I hate it with I hate it when they do that. They look at my age, talk about age 33. Oh, that's nothing. Oh, it's something. Put yourself in my shoes. Evidently, if y'all don't believe in it, y'all don't believe in hard work. Because this brother right here does hella hard work. I got a real good work ethic. I don't think you want to step into my shoes and maybe be like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, I think I'm starting to see what you mean. Uh huh. Yeah. I just had to fit that out. I apologize. I really had to fit that out. I apologize. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. But the whole focal point is hopelessness. And when it comes to hopelessness, you don't ever want to put yourself into a situation that hopelessness can take over your mind, and your body. And this is why we always cling on to Christ because, number one, he's always there. It may not be in the time frame that you want it to be, but he's there. And number two, if you lose hope and if you don't cling on to God, if you don't cling on to Christ, there's a lot of things that's going to change within your soul a lot of things that's when negative thinking comes into play that's when depression comes into play that's when anxiety comes in now it, it never will reset that frame of being depressed having anxiety and stuff like that but if you continue to put your mind to the thinking positive aspect that you keep praying like you use like you supposed to be then the sky's is limit 
but you have to have that positive aspect. You have to train your body. You have to train, especially your mind, to actually. So you have to train your mind to understand that your positivity is going to take over your negatives. You have to keep training your mind on that. And don't lose hope on that. Never lose hope on that because you're losing hope. It's like losing the championship game. It's like losing the final round. It's like you getting knocked out with that with that left hook or the left jab. And it, it defeats you. You want to walk out of there winners. You want to be able to have a different mind frame from everything. That's the message. I would have been about 13. I got chased from a Leicester City football match from the Leicester City Stadium by a Leicester City fan back to the town center. And I am a young kid. He's calling me black this and that. I don't know what he's going to do to me. He definitely wasn't going to hug me. Being brought up in the 1980s, you had to know your surroundings what's around you, rather to cross the road, what to do. It takes away your innocence. I shouldn't have to be thinking about what side of the road I'm going to be walking on and whether I need to go down that road, nor not to go to the football. I played for the England team at under-16s and went to Ireland and got spat got spat at and called the n-word so we're all coming through the tunnel and you know it's hostile but these kids doing it that was probably the first on the first on that sort of level i grew up in a different era my kids grow up with a different mindset of no i'm not having this we're getting together we're going to walk off the pitch in a sense we just had to take it and at the end of the game lodge a complaint and take it further along the chain that way. If I was to play a game now, I don't know if I would actually walk off with a walk off a pitch because it just wasn't there for me. So I still had that mindset of no, I'm going to show you, I'm going to beat you. The toughest thing for a black player coming through the ranks and then making it is how you perceived in the black community and that role model that you got. To present yourself in a certain way. That was tough for me. Because I knew I was representing a community. A whole community. That would not suffer. Not me. That story came from. Either Emily or. It might be Emily Heskey. I'm pretty sure it's, uh, I'm out of Boston, but I apologize if I did. Um, he was a former Liverpool Leicester and English striker for um, football matches out there in the uh, in the uh, outside of the United States, at least. Mm-hmm.
Um, I'm going to tell y'all right now that this man has experienced the races of people and even as fans here in the U.S. you will look at a black athlete and if they was a good high class basketball player football player whatever player they would be considered heroes in the sport but at the end of the day when you're off that jersey off your sports gear you are now an officially American person. You're just a black person in the street. Anything will happen to you as a black person. Anything. But the minute you put on that jersey, the minute you put on your sports gear and go out there, you entertain for them, you know, you're you're just that. You're just that. You're performing and people adore and love you at the same time. But you take that stuff off. They could care less who you are. You're not performing. You're not entertaining. You're not doing anything. They don't care who you are. They would treat you as the racist that they would ever be. And for Mr. Heskey, at 13 years old, you know, being called all kinds of names and then playing his and his career being called the N-word is just another stage of an example that we shouldn't have to be judged by the color of our skin. We shouldn't be judged by who we are in the skin of our color. We just shouldn't be. We should be able to freely walk the streets just like any person without getting a funny look. Everybody's heard these racism stories before. Everybody's hear them. But it's like when other people that don't support the Black Lives Matter group or don't believe in equality and being uh, treated equally, when people don't understand that that's when people proceed to see things in a different manner and it always shouldn't have to be that way it shouldn't have to be that way we we supposed to be treated equal this is why we're doing this this is why we're doing this we shouldn't have to know our surroundings when it comes to race we shouldn't have to do that if we want to know our surroundings, we want to be able to know our surroundings in the most uncomfortable, in the most comfortable way ever. You know what I'm saying? We want to be able to go as a black person and look at the surroundings and be like, huh, okay. You know, this seems like a pretty nice neighborhood to see people respect people. Or, you know, you should be able to just stand there for more than 10 seconds. Without getting a phone call saying that a black man is just standing there and he looks very suspicious. And he looks like he's a harm to the neighborhood. Everybody knows this. Everybody. 
you know, just peace to be able to do what we want to do without being looked at funny, without being able to be judged by how we look, by the skin of our color. These are the everyday problems that African-Americans and other different, the Asians, Chinese, you know, all of them, the different religions, shouldn't have to. We should not have to be treated differently from any white person or any other. We're, we want to be just equal, treated equally. It's, you know, and it's like, hell, is, it, is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask? Think deep down inside yourself as a white person. Not saying all white people, but those that just don't understand and support the white supremacy, that support the Nazis, that support all these hate groups. Deep down in your souls, deep down, we are in a really, really bad position. We're in a bad position. And I'm pretty sure my listeners and my audience that listens to this podcast can pretty much, it can pretty much go down 50-50. That some of my audience would agree with what I'm saying and half of my other audience probably wouldn't agree with what I say and they'll probably stop listening to me. Because they probably took offense to what I say. And that's very simple. That's what people would do. If anybody that takes an offense to anything that they say about when it comes to race, and then they're not open-minded to listen, this is what happens. They will stop listening. And I'm fine with that. I've come to peace with that. You know, that's why it's hard for Darren to do his podcast because a lot of people don't support Black Lives Matter. They don't support treating people equally. I don't support the Black Lives Matter group. It's hard for him. That's why I have to get on and I have to explain to him. Well, not even explain to him. I just have to keep motivating him. You keep doing what you're doing. You keep doing what you're doing. You're going to connect to people. You can change people's lives. You just got to keep pushing. It will take a matter of time. And Mr. Heskey, dealing with what he's dealing with, it's still being alive. It's still the biggest blessing ever. Because all of us black people are being killed for no reason whatsoever. They don't have a right to die. They might have suffered and did something that had no business doing, but they didn't have to get killed over it. They shouldn't have to die for it. You know? It's just something to think about here. Just it's just something to think about. But other than that, <laughs> I'm gonna welcome you to another additional breaking mental health with Daryl. I am your host, Daryl Watts. Today we're gonna continue the depressive boot disorder series. Now, last week I had a very interesting episode when I talked about fatherhood and talked about you know 
what fathers are dealing with when it comes down to mental health and I gave my my um, opinion on how fatherhood has treated me so that was just a small break because I had to vent on that but today we'll continue to the depressive mood disorder we are going to be talking about the PMDD the premenstrual dysphoric disorder and this is and this is uh, more of a women's ordeal. So we'll talk about that when we come back. What's happening, fam? What's going on? How's everybody doing tonight? I hope everybody's well. Hope everybody's well. Let's uh, welcome back. Just, uh, sit here for a brief minute and sometimes just take in the quietness the peace and just kind of enjoy it because life can get so hectic sometimes that you don't even have time to just sit down and, and meditate or take a moment to just breathe but just even take a moment to just sit in the quiet and just listen to the to the quietness. Take a minute. Just take a minute. You know, I do have the music background and stuff like that. But you know, just a matter of just music being in therapy. Therapeutic. It doesn't, you know, necessarily take away the therapeutic part. Well, my music anyway. But your own music could do, you know. But just taking a moment, of just listening, and just being quiet, or just meditating, and just enjoying yourself. You know, it's it's it, to me pretty worth it. Just take that brief minute. But anyway, welcome back. I'm Duro with the Breaking uh, Breaking Mental Health Duro. Um, today we are going to discuss PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Uh, it's a health problem within women. When it comes down to PMS, um, but it could be more of a serious term, a serious term, to say the least. So let's go ahead and just dig into this and see um, see what everybody can learn about PMDD if uh, if you haven't already. I'm pretty sure majority of the women. 
to understand what this is. It may not, but we'll see. Uh, chances are good that you have had some type of PMS since you started your period. The doctors think many as three quarters of women who get periods have some sign of PMS, whether it's food cravings, cramps, tender breasts, moodiness, or fatigue. But PMDD is different. It causes emotional and physical symptoms like PMS, but women with PMDD find their symptoms draining. Your PMDD symptoms could interfere with your daily life, including work, school, social life, and relationships. The symptoms of PMDD usually show up on the show up the week before you start your period, and last until a few days after it begins. Most of the time, they're severe and exhausting, and they can keep you from daily activities. So, the symptoms of PMDD includes uh, mood swings, depressions, or feelings of hopelessness, which we just talked about in the. Uh, mental health devotional about uh, hopelessness where you have to train your train your mind to be more positive than negative and that way you can kind of fight your mind into not losing hope because if you turn your mind to the positive you can overcome the hopelessness it always it may not always work on the first try, but it's always the matter of repetitions. Rather, if you have to stand and look at yourself in the mirror and say something 15 times in a row, something positive 15 times in a row, boom, 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 boom. It works. It'll work. You just have to keep, keep doing it because the negative minds will keep fighting your positive mind. It happens. Work your brain into that. Uh, intense anger and conflict with other people. Uh, tension, anxiety, and irritability. Uh, no interest in your usual activities. Uh, trouble concentrating. Fatigue. Appetite changes. Feeling out of control. Sleep problems. Craps and bloating. Breast tenderness. Headaches. Joint or muscle pain. And hot flashes. So just bear that in mind when it comes to the symptoms. Um, this is just a sign of the symptoms of a PMDD. Some people may not actually experience all of it, but most cases to none, you will experience some of these uh, symptoms. So let's, uh, let's move on here. If can hmm. huh? there is nothing really here. Let me uh let me go somewhere else real quick. But um I want people to understand that a lot of these health issues is not it's not about you or trying to keep control 
it's out of your control. It's more of actually trying to combat the issues with PMDD. That's what it is. But, you know, it's something that you can't control. But you, it, there are ways to help those type of issues. Um, if anybody that actually do have more serious form of premenstrual syndrome, email me, please. Um, I want to learn more about it. Um, I want to, because obviously where I stand right now, they'll find it weird if I'm learning this. And to me, it's, it's just more about understanding where this is coming from. That's what it's all about. And it's all about being able to learn and understand these things to, you know, just to gain some, not only to gain some knowledge, but to know the experience of you know what you're dealing with rather if it's a family member rather if it's a friend rather if it's a spouse you know you want to be able to understand how to deal with it you want to be able to understand how you know these things um, can overtake a woman's uh, PM, uh, PMS um even if you suffer from anxiety or depression, uh, even if you have a family history of PMS or PMDD or mood disorders, you know, this is where you're prone to. This is where you're prone to. Um, what causes PMDD? Uh, experts don't know why some women get PMDD. Uh, decrease, decreasing levels of estrogen and progesterone hormones over ovulation and before menstruation I'm sorry and before menstruation may trigger symptoms uh, serotonin a brain chemical that regulates mood hunger and sleep may also play a role serotonin serotonin levels like hormone levels change throughout your menstrual cycle um, so how uh, PMDD diagnosed uh, your healthcare provider will take a medical history and evaluate those systems. You may need to track your symptoms. Yeah, you may need to evaluate your system. You may need to track your systems through one or two menstrual cycles. Uh, to the diagnose PMDD, your provider will look for five or more PMDD symptoms, including one mood-related symptom. Your provider will rule out or diagnose diagnose other conditions such as anxiety, depression, or reproductive disorders. How is PMDD managed or treated? Uh, your healthcare provider may recommend one or more of these treatments to help manage PMDD. Uh, antidepressants to help manage your brain serotonin levels. Uh, dietary changes such as cutting back on salty, fatty, or sugary foods and caffeine. Uh, hormonal birth control that has drospirinol and ethanol estradiol these are words I cannot pronounce 
these are words for the doctors. I can't pronounce these words, but I'm doing the best I can. Uh, Over-the-counter pain medica- medications to ease cramps, uh, dysmenorrhea, uh, headaches, breast tenderness, and other physical symptoms. Uh, regular exercise to improve mood. Uh, stress manage- management tools such as deep breathing, exercises, and meditation. And this is one of the one of the things I've always said, and I've mentioned this on several occasions. Exercise, exercise, exercise is very key when it comes to our mental health. Exercise is key. Now, this is very off subject, but I'm going to say something that I feel that is very important for people to understand. This has nothing to do with PMDD and nothing of that sort. I have started a, a journey now to which I am losing weight. Okay. I am actually trying to lose weight and I'm trying to go back down to my normal weight that I used to be anywhere between 200 to 230. My weight has completely spiraled out of control. All right. It, it has spiraled out of control um, I had reached a point where I had started eating a lot it depressed me and I started eating some more to help cover the depressed that didn't do any good because I just kept eating 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 and that really boosted my anxiety it wasn't good at all I were now Last year, when Aaliyah got sick, um, I had started to get the stomach flu, and I just threw everything up. And ever since then, I had made myself some sacrifices. So last year, in June, when Aaliyah got sick, I cut off all caffeine. I don't drink no caffeine. The only caffeine that I have is when I take an Excedrin. That's it. That is it. But I don't drink no Pepsi. I don't drink caffeine coffee. I don't drink Mountain Dews. I don't drink anything that has caffeine in it. Now, the bigger question. Is it hard? Oh, you bet. Yes, it's hard. It is 150% hard. To stay away from caffeine. And I've been away from caffeine now for almost a year. A June will be a year. And we're in the month of April. I'm probably 10 months in. Just off the top of my head. 10 months without caffeine. Literally. It's hard. The struggle is real. So. That was one piece of sacrifice that I had to come to grips with just cutting back on that because I'm addicted to it so when I did that I felt myself into another good mood no more of those withdrawals because those withdrawals are horrible I have suffered severe migraines and on top of that the withdrawal headaches those two are not good combinations okay they're not good combinations at all 
So you have that as a sacrifice. Cut it off. <coughs> I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Um, that's a sacrifice. Cut off. Done. No more caffeine. So I was feeling real good about that. Feeling real good about it. But one day, I looked myself in the mirror and I seen how fat I was getting. I said, this is not good. Now I need to start focusing on losing weight. I need to. So I started. Took me a while to start, but I started. Um, I don't remember exactly when I actually started. I think it was in March or February. It's up on the chart on the board in the kitchen. I can't remember when I started. And so now my goal is to at least lose three pounds a day. Yeah, three pounds a day. Two and a half, three pounds a day. And we're in April. And when I started, I was at 320 three or four pounds if I would have kept up this routine of depression and eating and eating and eating anxieties eating eating and eating I'd damn near be up to 350 right now maybe close to 360 so I started at 323 or 324 and now I am at 308 and I am that's just current. Uh, by the time I weigh myself on Sunday, I'll probably be down close to probably 300. But we'll see. Uh, that's This is where my confidence has really just started kicking in. This is where I had to learn to train my brain to be more positive than more negative. Less negative to be at that. That's what I had to learn. And when I actually trained my brain to be more positive, that's when I got more confident about where I stand as me being fat, me trying to lose weight, stuff like that. The reality came in, yeah, I need to do that. So I haven't really done a lot of exercising, but what I have done is I have cut back on a lot of eating. Because I used to eat whew, six times a day. Now, you catch me eating at least twice a day. And I drink more water. The nastiest thing ever. But it has done me a world of good. I have done a couple of, um, you know, wearing this Apple Watch. You know, it's been a very good workout experience because the watch is there. And I know a lot of people have um, um, Apple, Apple iPhones, Apple watches and how it encourages you to, you know, stay in shape and keep up with your goals and stuff like that. And it's been a wonderful experience. I have actually has started everything, following everything on this watch because of how confident I am 
But like I said, I haven't done a lot of exercise. I haven't done a lot of exercises to where um, I'm doing workouts five or six days of five or six days out of the week. Sometimes I'll do, you know, like a cycle on an extra cycle, maybe twice a week. When Aaliyah is here, I do it then because it'd be my off days. But I've only done that once or twice. And I, I started getting sick again uh, very, very recently, earlier this month. I'm sorry, earlier last month to late last month. And, and that's why I kind of slowed down on that. But I'm still able to uh, achieve the goals needed for the month, except. Uh, for me February and I have been doing 60 miles or something like I'm not 60 miles 80 miles for the whole month but now I'm trying to work on this new goal for the month of April to um, walk or run 90 and a half miles and so far as we speak we are uh, I am at That's where I stand. So, that's why, that's why I I preach regular exercise. I preach exercise, yoga, and meditation when it comes down to your mental health. Because it's very important. You may not, you may not need to lose weight. You may not have to lose weight. But still exercising just for the sake of your mental health is always key. That's why I shared this story, because it is important to keep all eyes open on how critical exercise is. It's critical. You know, that's why just just try it. You know, just try it. You know, I think it's important. And and I'm going to tell you, I'm damn proud of myself for where I stand. I'm proud. You know, me losing weight, getting down to close to 300. I'm very impressed, you know. And I'm going to continue to lose more weight. So, I'm happy about that. Uh, What are the complications of PMDD? Untreated PMDD can lead to depression and in uh, severe cases, suicide. Uh, the disorder can cause se- severe emotional distress and negativity affect relationships and careers. So if you're experiencing su- the suicidal thoughts, call the National Pre- uh, Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255, which is 273-TALK. Uh, this national network for local crisis centers provides 24-7 free and confidential emotional support to people in suicide crisis or emotional distress. So how can I prevent P- PMDD? Uh, treating exi- existing depression or anxiety may make it less likely that PMS could overcome could become PMDD. But PMDD could be related to the way your hormones work. And you might not be able to prevent it. In that case, 
treatment can bring belief. Once again, exercise. What is the prognosis slash, in other words, outlook for people with PMDD? Uh, with treatment, most people with PMDD get relief from their symptoms and are able to enjoy life more fully. Talking to a mental health specialist or joining a support group may also help. Uh, when should I call my healthcare provider? Uh, you should call your healthcare provider if you experience extreme anxiety and panic, uh, panic attacks, uh, feeling like you lost control, uh, severe depression or suicidal thoughts, thoughts of harming yourself or others, uncontrolled anger. What questions should I ask my healthcare provider? If you have PMDD, you may want to ask your healthcare provider, why did I get PMDD? What is the best treatment for me? What are the treatment side effects? Should I change my birth control? What lifestyle changes can I make to manage symptoms? Am I at risk of major depression or suicide? What should I do if I feel seriously depressed or suicidal? Should I look out for signs of complications? A PMDD is a serious disorder that can negatively affect your life, relationships, and career. Women with PMDD may harm themselves or others. If you consistently experience severe depression and anxiety or other PMDD symptoms in the weeks leading up to your period, seek help from your healthcare provider. Medications can get hormone or serotonin levels in check so that if you feel more like yourself. PMDD is the problem you have to live with. Don't put off getting the medical and mental health care you need. There you have it, folks. PMDD. Premenstrual Dysphoric Disorder. Now, yeah. Support system is also critical for dealing with PMDD. Exercise in your support system. You know, and get the proper treatments. Now, they say some of the stuff is not, you know, really, really helpful. But it can help level some things in your body that will actually um, that can actually help you treat PMDD. So just keep in mind that when when you uh, hear this, hopefully that you have learned something from this whole ordeal, and I really hope you have. Um, but of course, I, I want to know more. If anybody suffered from this, or if anybody knows any more about this, if any doctors out there that actually do listen to this podcast, please email me, breakingmiddleh at gmail.com. Again, breakingmiddleh at gmail.com. Uh, that's all I have. Uh, thank you for taking the time out to listen to me. I really appreciate it. Uh, to all my audience, I really appreciate you listening. I really, really do. Uh, mental health is very important um, and, and we have to really attack this the way that we need to attack this and we need to come together as family and members of the community to uh, to help with the mental health uh, 
mental health problems. But uh, catch me next week. I'm going to continue the depressive mood disorder series. If not, I'll probably talk about something else if something comes up. But I'm going to continue the depressive mood disorder series. Of course, I'm going to have the uncomfortable talks and then um, the message. But join me next week. But until then, stay true to yourself. And always remember, when it comes to listening, you are one step closer to bringing awareness. Let's go.